Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? The 100th episode of Am I Doing This Right? My name is Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes. And for our 100th episode, we are talking how to be the best version of yourself with Corinne Fox and Natalie McMillan (laughs) as our guests. So we are actually going to be interviewing ourselves. Yes. Because we've never done that. No. And it was a a listener request. They were like, interview each other. And we were like, what are we kind of experts in? And we're like, (laughs) self-development. Yeah, so we're going to be asking each other what we would define as our best selves, our everyday practices we take to show up as our best selves, and how we recognize toxic self-improvement, self-development, because we are, we we can fall into that trap. You know, we're trying to just like be perfect. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how we combat that. And then at the end of the episode, this week, we're playing Snacks, Facts, and Hacks. For the first time officially. Yeah. Because before we were just eating the snacks and just like, you know, doing the facts and the hacks. But then we realized, wow, this is a game. This is a game. (laughs) And you know, we're always looking for a game for 100 episodes. So since it's the 100th episode, we really want to take a moment to give some love to our Am I community. Thank you guys so much for listening to 100 episodes. It's been such a joy. And we see you guys commenting, DMing us, writing in, and we appreciate you all so much. And we actually wanted to give a special shout out to what we would say is one of our day one listeners. Oh, 100% day one. She's been there the whole time. She's been there the whole time. We have the same name. Corinne Copeland, who has been a ride or die for the pod. She listens every episode. She writes in every episode. We see you and we love you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone, not just Corinne yes. Copeland, but yes. we just wanted to shout her out because she's definitely been there since since the first she one. She truly is ride or die. We love it. But now for our 100th episode, our 100th drink. Our 100th drink. Oh, what my God. Okay. We know we had to do something bubbly. bubbly. We had to do a, a little celebratory uh, situation. So we are having the Mum Brut Rose, and this is from Napa. So, yeah, you know, you can't call it a champagne if it's. Oh, it's a, if it's a. So it's a, it's a sparkling Brut Rose. Okay. I'm going to, I'll do the. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can hear the fizzy. Cheers, Cheers to 100, 100 episodes. That is a huge milestone. We've been also this whole time, we've been like, God, what are we going to do for the 100th? What are we, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, been, a big, it's been a big thing. We were like, what are we going to do? Like, who are we? Are we going to have like a big guest? Yes. But I feel like this is the perfect way to do it. I do too. It's, it's a how to, it's just us, but it's still an interview. Oh, she's taking a sip. Is she going to say her signature word? Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, went in my nostril. I know. It's really fizzy. Very fizzy at the moment. That's why I was kind of just like looking at it for a bit. Yeah. Because it was like fizzing up my nose. Yeah. Same, same. But you guys, Natalie and I went back and forth on this and we're still back and forth on this. We may cut it out. We may cut it out (laughs) of the episode. 
But we felt like for our 100th episode, we wanted to give you guys like a special treat. Truly. I mean, very few people in the world have, have heard have this. Have heard this. And this I think iconic. We, I think we might have mentioned it very briefly in like an episode once. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But um, Natalie and I have a wrap. We are recording artists. We are recording artists. We have a wrap that we recorded when we were... I don't know, 16? 15 or 16. Yeah. And just to give some context behind how this came to be, we were just chilling at my house and my dad was in the studio or he was recording and he was like, hey, you guys should have a song. Yeah. Well, you know what? It okay. Was, you might know this story better than I do. Well, you're all, you're right. But the pre-origin so we were 16 because we were just starting to drive. Yeah. And we wanted to go get like IHOP or something. <laughs> and we That needed- sounds very on bread for my family. <laughs> yeah. And we needed the keys to a car and the Range Rover was in the front. And mm. we said, where are the keys to the Rover? And then your dad was like, that's a song. <laughs> You're a star. <laughs> this is it. So if you can guess, the name of the song is called Keys to Duh. Duh. D.A. Rover. We recorded it at my dad's house. And uh, we were 16. My dad wrote all the lyrics, he I would did. say. Oh, he certainly did. Um, yeah, he wrote all the lyrics. We rapped to them. And then at the end of the song, if we even play it this long, because we don't know if we're going to play it this long, my dad wanted us to say, what, what a, a bitch. bitch. But I was such a prude. I would not say. I said, Dad, I can't say that word. And so I made him say it. So he's actually on the song and he says it in the song. Okay. Well, I just remembered because <laughs> earlier that day or like the day before or something, we were all at Cheesecake Factory <laughs> and some guy walked past him and goes, what up, pimp? Remember? Oh, yes. And so he actually says, what up, pimp? And then what up, bitch? No, but we say, what up, pimp? Oh, that's true. And it is pimp. It's pimp. Yeah. There was a lot of like... um. We had to say things very certain ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just when you're listening, we're going to play the song after this. It's it's only about a minute long. Yeah. We didn't write the lyrics. No. We we were really just <laughs> Being, vessels yes. for my dad's creativity. Yes. But we do have a rap called Keys to Da Rover, and we're going to play it right now. Fox Killer. No one else is fly. No, 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 no one else is iller. Twelve and chill. And the mat keeps our lashes long. Rah, 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 rah. About to get our gaga on. Sunset. Hollywood. Keeps the party popping. Diamond crested credit card. We gotta do our shopping. Gotta do our shopping. Gotta do our shopping. Gotta do our shopping. Got the keys to the rover. Keep key keys to the rover. Got the keys to the rover. Our secret's out. <gasps> okay, also, this truly, like, it's a it's a hidden secret that very few people have heard except for one club in France, right? Yeah, my dad played <laughs> it at a club in France. And no, but you know what? I will say my, my college friends got a hold of it because it's on my phone. And yes. so sometimes if I wasn't looking, they would put my phone into the aux cord oh. and we'd pregame to... Keys to the rover. Keys to the rover. Yeah. <laughs> It's so cringy. I also, I have to admit this too. On my 21st birthday, I also performed it. 
in London. Oh, I thought that was where the club... Was that not the club? No, no. There was a club in the south of France. Okay. Different They club. got that treat. Yeah. So it has been played in a few clubs. Yes. <laughs> yes. So our international <laughs> listeners, hey, they may have heard it before. But the stateside, uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, Natalie. But let's get into the episode now that we've thoroughly embarrassed ourselves. Yeah. In celebration of the 100th episode. And let's talk about how to be the best version of ourselves and why we chose this specific topic. Yeah. Well, you guys know this whole podcast was built on us trying to figure things out. Figure life out. Figure life out. And you probably can tell by now that one thing we're always... Oh, did it go up your nose again? I'm on antibiotics. I can't drink. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, okay. Well, she took... She's going to have to take one sip. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Antibiotics will really... There's a lot of things you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Drinking's one of them. Drinking. Also, not, not that this is for you, but just for the general population, your birth control... Is not very. Does not work. It does not work if you're taking antibiotics, and I do know somebody that got pregnant <laughs> that way. So, just a general statement. Yeah. Okay. Again, we're looking out for everybody. You right. know? I just moved my champagne away, and I have my water now. Yeah. Wow. Then I'm gonna have to the take one for the team. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take one for the team and decide on our on the hottie on. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't read it. I could probably take another little. Sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, back to what I was saying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> We're always working on figuring out and bettering ourselves. So, you know, what better way to give the AMIs a great how-to episode while also getting to know us a little deeper, because yes. that was another request, than a how-to-be-the-best-version-of-yourself episode. Yes. And so how this is going to work is that we have questions that we both wrote, and we're going to ask each other and then kind of like both answer. Yeah. And, and we don't know which ones we wrote. We can't really I remember what we wrote and what we yeah. didn't wrote. Right. So, you know, it's really going in blind here, honestly. We're just, re <laughs> yeah, we're winging it, truly. We also haven't been in the studio for like a solid month. Yeah. So you guys can't tell, but we have not been recording. This yeah. is our first day back. Yeah. Okay. So Natalie, let's get into how to be the best version of yourself. Okay. And I wanted to ask you, how would you define the best version of yourself? What is she like? How does she show up in the world? It's so hard. One thing I will say about ourselves is I think we see ourselves in one way and then we want to keep ourselves there, mm. you know? Like we don't really allow ourselves to change our minds. So I feel like ourselves are just continually evolving. And then, you know, once you get to that next evolution, then maybe your vision for yourself is a bigger thing or a different thing or whatever. But the best version of myself, she is very generous and very kind. I think having good boundaries with myself mm -hmm. is something that I work on a lot. So my best self would definitely be somebody who can respect my own boundaries and treat myself well. And she shows up in the world just as, I think, like a light or, you know, somebody that can bring joy to people. I think... I think that's... I think that is your essence and like you. your truth. And you do show up that way. Yes. Yeah. I Well, it's... Well, I don't try. It's just like that is kind of who I am, but... I do want to just be that absolute best, for, you know, yeah. the highest mm -hmm. version of that. Yeah. You know, and of course that means like, you know, working on like shadow aspects and like triggers and 
yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Would you like to answer that too? I feel like this is a good baseline question. Yeah, no. I mean, I feel like we should kind of just both answer these questions. I would say my best self is rooted in authenticity and also is not swayed by her ego. Mm. I think, especially in this kind of like capitalistic American mindset, there's so much of the things that you realize, like, do I actually want that? Or is it like been sold to me as an idea of what success is? Or even like being an actor, you know, there's a lot of like ego around that and just like really wanting to be as truthful to my essence and my core as possible. I would say that the truth of me is like a humanitarian at heart. Yes. So I think I feel the best version of myself when things I'm doing feel like they have a impact. Larger impact. Yeah, larger impact. And so I think I try to show up in the world as someone who can, I don't know, same with you, like bring light to others, but also like help people that are struggling maybe in silence. Yes. Well, this is so interesting. And I only just realized this just now. I think I gain a lot of fulfillment out of like helping people very personally, like Mm -hmm. very one-on-one. Like, I mean, even a stranger, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you are more macro, like I'm more micro and you're more macro. It's very Aquarius of me. It's like... (laughs) Yes. But I also, and I've said this on one other episode, but I do need to just, like when she says that humanitarian is like her, her heart and like That is genuinely you. Because I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I love like humanitarian work and charity. And it's like, maybe they're just saying that. what are we doing? But what are you actually doing? You know, and Corinne is like, she she walks the walk. She talks the talk. Also, I got the shine the light on. um, Oh, sweatshirt. Yes. Thank you so much for purchasing that. That was a little humanitarian. She she does find things anywhere she can. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. So piggybacking off of that, when do you feel like your best self? Mm. I feel like my best self when I'm taking care of myself. Um, A lot of the times it's like after I've done something that feels really pure and genuine to me. So like after I've, you know, worked with this nonprofit or even when I like go to my dance class and I come out and I'm like, that just like gave me so much and also my relationship with dance is that like I've been really nervous to get back into it. So when I do it, I'm like proud of myself. So I also think when I'm like overcoming a fear, I feel like the best version of myself. But also when I'm just like in my routine, like my routine is like really set up for me to thrive. And so when I'm working out and meditating and socializing and I'm just like in a good rhythm with life and I'm like not overworking myself, as I'm sure you will answer as well, I think I feel like my best self. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I feel similar. Definitely. I think for me, like my core is like, if I'm having fun, I feel like my, (laughs) truly, truly, if I, if I'm having fun and it doesn't really matter what I'm doing, like I can have fun literally doing anything, but when I'm doing things and I'm really enjoying it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I feel like the best version of me. I feel like the highest version of me. And like I get to really enjoy this weird life thing that we're in or the simulation or whatever. The video game. (laughs) The video game. Another simulation thing happened today. Really? Yes. Should I share it? (laughs) Sure, if you want. Okay. So Corinne and I, we always let each other know when there's some sort of glitch in the simulation, you know, whatever. 
So I found out yesterday that I have to have surgery, oral surgery. And the day, and I'm like, I don't know even where to look for this person because it's like a specialist. And our friend Snapchatted us yesterday that her boyfriend got like new teeth (laughs) and it was like an oral surgeon. And I was like, oh my God, can you send me his information? And then my mom this morning, she just moved and she does not get mail. Uh She got two flyers for dentists. Weird. I know. She's like, these are my first two pieces of mail. We're living in a simulation. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, con- music. Music makes me really fu- oh, happy. Yes. Fun. So yeah, I just feel like if I'm like smiling, you know what I've noticed? If I'm in a picture and you see my dimples like full blown, I'm like, that's a 10 out of 10. Her dimples are so cute. It's like full, like so happy. You know what I mean? Yes. So when I see those pictures, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was really happy at this moment. Aww, you know? Oh, yeah. I love that for you. So in thinking about our best versions of ourselves mm-hmm. and kind of the different areas of our lives, what would you say is an area of your life that you feel really solid in right now? I think I have always felt very solid in my relationships with people always have. I've I've had really strong relationships since I was like four. And my intuition, I've always been pretty good about like following my gut. Mm-hmm. And so I think trusting that is hard sometimes, but I feel like I'm, I feel pretty solid in that. Yeah. Yeah. What about I, you? Well, I see that for you because like you had to make that really big career decision about um, uh, when you put your stuff online yeah, and you were like, we're really following your intuition there. Cause a lot of people were telling you not to do it and yeah. it like totally worked out for you. Yeah. And it was just crazy because the pandemic happened like six months later right. and everybody was scrambling and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I would say an area that I feel, that I feel really solid in right now, I would say obviously my financial situation, that was something I worked really, really hard on the last few years and I finally hit some big milestones and I'm really proud of myself. Um, So I would say that. And also I would say in my like relationship with Joe, I feel like we've done a lot of growth together and we've really come up with a great like communication style. We just moved in together, you guys, and we will do an episode on how to live with a partner because there are some like little hiccups, but they're not like life altering. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. just really like just understanding Adjusting. the other person. And so I'm proud of that. Yeah. No, I think that you guys definitely have like a very admirable relationship in the way that you respect each other. Yeah. You very deeply respect each other and it definitely shows. Okay. On the flips. So like we just did what Let's we're strongest in. Yeah. What do you feel like is the toughest area of your life to feel your best in? And are you, and if so, how are you consciously addressing it? Honestly, like, and this is being really candid, I've been feeling and actually like having a lot of anxiety about my friendships recently and feeling like I don't really, and we just did a a few episodes on like friendship, adult friendships, but feeling like how do I maintain like intimacy with my friends when everything has to feel so planned and so like dinner and I'm just like I don't know I've been feeling like really insecure in my friendships and like 
kind of beating myself up a bit. Like maybe I'm not being the best friend I could be. So I think I am consciously trying to address it in like reaching out more and checking in on friends more and just finding more meaningful ways to spend time together. Yeah. So that's been like a really big focus for me. Like I would say even just like in the last couple of months. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, I have not for once thought like she's being not a very good friend right now. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was also away for like a month. So that's why I feel like disconnected. And I got back and I was like, my friends, where are they? And I haven't seen anybody. What has happened in everyone's life? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. So that, and it's been bothering me. There was one night I couldn't sleep. I was just laying there like I'm a worse friend ever. Oh God. (laughs) You know, I hate that. I hate when that level of anxiety comes and you're just like, you convince yourself. Yeah. You're like, everyone hates me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every for single sure. person. <laughs> that was definitely happening. So it's something I want to work on this summer, and there's so many great opportunities to, like, have fun with friends. Yes, yes. What about you? What is the toughest area of your life that to feel your best in right now? <sighs> yes. Right now, it is my self-worth. Mm. I mean, well, it's kind. that's sort of been my whole life, but I'm, like, very much focusing on it now. I really struggle with... You know, I was talking to my therapist the other day and she's like, what are some things that you value about yourself? And I was like, I don't like not enough. And I would say like, I can make, I can make other people feel better if they're going through something. She's like, no, no, that's other people. What do you like about you or what do you value in yourself? And I was like, nothing other. Oh, I did come up with, I can make myself laugh. Like I laugh at my own jokes. (laughs) You are very funny and very witty, and I can think of a hundred things. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to feel deserving of anything. Really, I think I struggle with imposter syndrome, definitely. And I was talking to my dad yesterday, and he was like, saying he was like, "I'm so proud of you. Like, you're such a good person." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh, thanks." And somehow we got on the topic of my degree, and I was like, "I'm not proud of my like." I mean, anybody can get a degree. Like, it's not that important. You you know what I mean? Like, I don't really think I've accomplished anything. Oh, my gosh, Natalie. You know? I could never in one million years get the degree you had. Like, have. Like, literally could never. I would never get it. I could be in, I would still be in school. An art degree and a jewelry making specialty. There's no way. I don't know. There's absolutely no way. I can guarantee that. Really? Yes, Natalie. (laughs) I don't know. I just, so I really struggle with like figuring out like, I don't, I always feel like, oh, I don't, I have a lot of trouble with feeling like if I'm winning, someone else is losing. Mm. And like, I can't take that. So I'm always just like, I don't deserve anything. Like I should just dig myself into a hole and die. No, we want the (laughs) good guys to win because the bad guys are always winning. I know. It's truly annoying. (laughs) It is so annoying. Okay. So what is something that, you know, we're talking about things that are hard for us. Mm -hmm. What's something that you are proud of overcoming, either, you know, work-wise or in your personal life? Like, what's something that used to hold you back that you feel really proud that doesn't anymore? Yes, yeah. Work-wise is tougher because, like I said, I just, I don't feel like I've really done anything. Yeah. But in my personal life, I think... I Which you have done a lot, by the way. I don't know why I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, you oh. haven't done anything. And, oh, are you kidding me? She has a business. It's incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> it just reminded me of that Sean Mendes. Have you seen that Sean Mendes clip? 
No. It was like it was like this interview on mental health with this like girl and him and she was like, you know, I'm really struggling with anxiety. And he was like, beautiful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, d- I did see that on TikTok and I was like, oh my God. Sorry, that's what it just felt like. Beautiful. I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> and she, and he, she was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> but I think something I'm proud of overcoming is a lot of just like having no self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Like always feeling like I am a nothing. You know what I mean? Just like nobody would ever pay attention to me or consider me or anything like that. And I think, you know, both mentally just being not confident, but also just like physically not feeling confident. And I think I have really overcome that in the past few years. And I'm proud of myself for that. It was hard. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I've seen a shift in your confidence for sure. Yeah. And I still am like not fully there. I admire your confidence, actually. Really? Yes. Well, I feel like... You will really, like... But that's part of your thing that you were saying you feel like your best self. Like, when you jump... You jump off a cliff and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm just gonna see what happens. But you have the bravery to do it. I feel like you do. Really? Yeah. See, I really don't know how... I just question my... I'm like... You have to see, I mean, that's the thing. You have to see yourself through the eyes of somebody yes. who admires you. Yes, and that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Okay, what about you? Something that I'm proud of overcoming, There, there's a lot of things, I think, like little things like my fear of public speaking or mm-hmm. things like that. But I would say in terms of like my industry, because I'm an actor and there's a lot of competition, obviously. And I used to not be able to watch the roles that I auditioned for. I'd yeah. be like, I auditioned for that and I didn't get it. And I can't even watch this because I had that much jealousy, honestly. And it was something I worked on so consciously. I did therapy on it. I did journaling. I was just like, where is this coming from? And I'm really proud of myself because it's, it's a tough industry. There's like a lot of jobs, but like not a lot of people get them. And I feel like I got to the point where I can be genuinely happy for somebody else. Yeah. Which wasn't the case when I first started out, which was hard to admit. Well, Um, it hurts. Yeah. It's a rejection. It's like, that really hurt. It's kind of like if you were rejected and then you see your boy, you're the guy like out with someone else and you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You know, (laughs) and you also were like excited about it and you put a lot of heart into it. And, and I just got to such a good place with that. And it's really like helped me, I would say work-wise. And, and it's something that, I mean, it relieves a lot of anxiety. Yes. And so now I can, I can watch things and be like, Good for them. Good for Most them. of the time, it's Zendaya. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know what? You No, it's only Euphoria is the one thing that I auditioned for that I couldn't watch. Oh, I didn't know you auditioned for Euphoria. Yeah, when I was living in New York a million years ago. Oh, wow. You know what, though? I can see why that was for the best. Because this past season, I barely... I'm like... <laughs> no, I know. It's so intense. It's so intense. I feel like you would be psychologically Altered. not okay. Because yeah. I, I just viewing I'm, it was... <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, it's all for the best and there's so much for everyone and I just want everyone to win. So, yes. but it took me, it takes time to get there. Yeah. I've been thinking to myself recently, what I want for myself, I want for everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. All right. Because this is a how-to, you know, we love little, we love action steps. We love an action step. So what are some everyday tools that you use to make you feel like the best version of Hmm. I would say, I mean, to go back to like when I feel like the best version of myself, I think I have built in a routine that 
allows me to feel like the best version of myself, which includes like working out in a healthy way just to get endorphins, but also like meditating and being really reflective. So I think journaling, like, you know, through journaling, that's how I realized I had this whole thing about, you know, being jealous. And I was like, okay, let me, let me like work this out in my journal and figure out this part of myself and like where it's coming from. And so I think that's built into my routine that really, really helps me in, in different aspects of my life. And also I would say, you know, checking in with friends, like talking to you, yeah. you know, when I'm not feeling great really helps, you know, yeah. and, it, and it helps me feel like the best version of myself. So I would say like maintaining my routine and trying to think of other like tools that I really use. I think also doing things that I love and feel passionate about every yeah. day is yeah. important. Did you say meditation? Yeah, like being reflective in meditation. Yes, yes, yes. That is that is a really good tool. What about you? So I agree on all fronts, like definitely moving my body in a way that feels good and like letting myself rest if I need to. Again, back to like taking care of myself is something that I'm working on. And I think, you know, for me, I love makeup. Like, I just mm -hmm. love doing it. I have so much fun with it. And, like, the days that I really actually do my makeup, like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just the aspect of it was, like, 20 minutes of me just, like, having pure fun. Yeah. That I'm, like, it just puts me in a good mood. Kind of like you're dancing. Like, it just makes me happy. And, yeah, also just, like, laughing with a friend I, I love a, a dance party, like a 10-minute dance party. Oh, Turn on music. A and solo just, dance oh party. Oh, my God. There's nothing better. There is truly nothing better. But now now you have to do them with a man in the house. Sorry, Joe's not really there ever. That's true. That's <laughs> true. You can do them. Because also, he's seen me do them. <laughs> That's true. I just feel like in my solo dance parties, I'm like, this is so embarrassing that if anybody was watching me right now, I'd be like mortified. Uh. Oh, no. I think Joe, I showed up. Okay, this is so embarrassing. When I was in <laughs> Ireland by myself, I took videos of myself dancing in my bathroom. And I was scrolling on my phone. He was like, what is that? I was like, um, nothing. Nothing. And I was like, okay. It's a self-tape. I was like, um, <laughs> it's really embarrassing, but I'll show it to you. And he watched it. He's like, you do this all the time. You know that, right? I was like, oh, you're used to this? He was like, yeah, this is like nothing. I was Ugh. like, and he likes it. He thinks it's cute. So okay. Well, god. that's good. That's good. Thank God. Yeah. Um, wait, there was something when you were saying doing your makeup, I was like, oh, this is also something that, oh, maybe it was the dance parties. Yeah. And just like creativity. It's just like, oh, I was going to say eating. Yes. Yes. I think like treats. Oh, love And like treat. having like a fun little thing to eat. Yes. It makes me feel amazing. Oh, well, I'm so excited for Snacks, Fags, and Hacks because, like, I love a snack. Yeah. Like, if I get a new snack, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I know. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, yeah, like, uh, I guess the tool in that is to have something to look forward to. Yes. Like, every day, find a little teeny, even if it's just a little a little treat at the end of the day or, you know, you're going to call a friend, call a friend or yeah. mark some time out, just be like, I'm just going to shake my ass in the kitchen today. You know what I mean? Yes. Just like kind of do something that you can look forward to at the end of the day. Oh, one more thing that I've been doing recently that is actually a really helpful tool. Everyone knows that gratitude is like mm -hmm. key to happiness. And I struggle because sometimes I'll be doing like my gratitude practice and I it's the same thing like every time. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm grateful for my family and for Zeppelin and my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, this is just the same thing. So now every night... Right when I'm going to sleep, I think about 
three of my like favorite moments of that day or like three of the most fun things that happened that day. And that's been really, it makes my heart happy. Oh my gosh. I love that you do that because that's what I do. That's how I fall asleep. Oh. I fall asleep and I go through my day like from the beginning to the end and I find my little favorite moments and I'm like, I'm grateful for that little thing that happened or like that my mailman said hi to me, like little things and I just go through the whole day and then by the time you're like halfway through the day, I'm asleep. You're asleep. Yeah. And sometimes while I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, this is going to go on my list tonight. I yeah. Know it. <laughs> you it's know like you kind of look for like pockets of joy throughout the day. Yeah. So when we're talking about like feeling like our best I feel like that's often like connotated with like being your most successful self. Mm-hmm. And I want to know like how have you changed your relationship with the word success over time? And what does successful mean to you now versus like five years ago? Oh, man. This one's really – because this is literally what I'm working on is like valuing things beyond – like work, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm really trying to consciously be aware of the successes in my life that are not money or work related. And I think five years ago, I was just starting my brand. And it was like, success to me was like, income and like, Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it seemed like all of the successful brands had, you know, thousands and thousands and you know, they're making all this money. And I was like, okay, so that's what I have to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think five years ago, how old was I five years ago? 23. I think it looked a lot like, especially career-wise, like trying to be like, okay, well, success in my career is like being like my dad's career, right? Like being the the biggest entertainer in the world. And I think I'm very happy that I let that go and really – realize that my success is going to look way different than my dad's success, yeah. especially in the workforce. But also like there's, like you were saying, wins outside of your career. There's wins in your relationship. There's wins in your family relationships. And so I feel like I've been counting those as wins more so than, you know, whatever, how much money I'm making or how many things I'm booking. And that's been really relieving. Like, you know, and even this podcast, like I consider this like one of the many successes of my life. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And like, I think just we both are very, we love helping people. And so I think that this is like, not only successful in our eyes, but just like so fulfilling. Yeah. And like when we hear from you guys and you're like, oh, this impacts me in this way. It's like, oh my gosh, like that's the purpose of this. Yeah. It makes us so, so, so happy. All right. Next question is how have your views on physical health and wellness changed over the course of your adulthood? I don't know if my ideas of physical health and wellness have changed. I mean, besides, I mean, I had my big like endometriosis, like chronic illness discovery during my adulthood, which I mean, I became like gluten-free and I'm more aware of like what I'm putting into my body. So I, I would say maybe that and understanding how food contributes to this wonderful chronic illness that I have. Yep. So being aware of that, but also I think, I'm just now getting to the age where my body's changing. I basically have had the same body composition since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think just in the last couple of years, I've noticed, okay, my metabolism is not the same. And at first it really freaked me out. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to be the exact same way I was in 
high school. I don't know right. why I had that idea in my head. I think because that's like a thing people say like, wow, I fit in my jeans from high school. I don't like, know why I, don't know. I had that in my head. And then finally I was like, okay, Corinne, you're gonna, you're, your body's changing and that's okay. Yeah. And like you have a new normal and that's totally fine. Yes. And so I think that was a big discovery in adulthood. And I think that that's going to be important too. And for anybody listening that's pregnant. Yeah. Is like realizing like our bodies change I know. through our lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people who are pregnant are like, oh my God, like this is like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? You know, for me, I think, again, you know, I also have a chronic condition that I have to pay very close attention to. But I think taking it down a notch mm-hmm. has been what I have learned over my adulthood, my my 20s, because I would go like way too hard. I would push way, way, way too hard with everything, working out, eating, anything, wellness, all of it. And I never was just allowing myself to like be. Mm-hmm. And so I think I have kind of learned that like you, you can just relax. Well, also, I think off that like rest is a part of physical health and wellness. Yes. There's different versions of what resting is, whether that's like actual physical sleep or just like rest from working out and rest from even eating healthy. Like sometimes like taking a break and like we said, having a treat, having a this, like I think that's an important part of like mental well-being. Yeah, definitely. And off that, I feel like the two of us can get really over- interested in like self-improvement yeah. and self-development and because it, it is mass sometimes it's like I mean it's good for you right yes yes I'm curious like have you recognized like toxic self-development or self-improvement in yourself and if so yes. how do you like combat that yeah so I think I started realizing that oh like this is I'm this is taking up so much of my life when my morning routine was like so so long. It was like two hours long of like, (laughs) I was doing the meditating and the journaling and the tarot reading and the this and the that and like all of these things. And then I was like, why am I doing all this? Mm. Like, it didn't seem like it was like flowing. It just felt like I'm doing this because I'm supposed to because this is what people that are good do. You know what I mean? And also just like switching my books because I love a self-defense. I was going to say that was for me too. Yeah. I have to like consciously be like, okay, I need to read like a biography or, you know, some sort of thriller novel and not just constantly be reading self-help books because I also just love them. And I love all the different like techniques and stuff. No, me too. I think like we're both really interested in psychology, just like generally. Yeah. So we can get like sucked into like self-help that I was going to say for me, it's the same thing. When I realized like the last like two or three years, the only books I had read were self-help books. I was like, okay, Corinne. So now I, the books that I do read, I do have like one self-help book that I'm reading right now that I love called Big Feelings, but I'm also reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's like a huge, big fiction novel that's out right now. So I'm like trying to balance you know, there is a thing like I have self-developed enough so I can enjoy this. Exactly. Me. I can enjoy this version yes. of me until she's not working anymore. Then we can develop her further. Right, right. It feels like <laughs> we have to realize like, okay, we're doing all this self-development and then you need to give yourself a little time to like enjoy, enjoy it. <laughs> yes. And like let it sink in. Exactly. You know what I mean? 
Are there any specific moments or memories where you felt the most you or like you were really living out who you've always wanted to be or just like a moment of like pure, like you look at around and you're like, oh my God, like I can't believe this is my life sort of thing? There's been a, a quite a few, I will say, but I'll I'll go with the most vivid. There was a moment, and this doesn't seem that significant, but there was a moment when I was studying abroad that I was in Paris and I was in this old bookshop and I literally stopped and I looked around me and I said, everything in my life has brought me here. And I, I can't explain why it was there and why it was this moment, but it was this very powerful thing that happened to me. But I would say that like when I feel the most me is when I'm sitting on a panel and I'm advocating, you know, for mental health. Yeah. I would say when I lobbied Congress, that was a huge thing for me because my mental health, like being a mental health advocate is very personal to me. It's because yeah. I actually have struggled and I remembered the girl who couldn't leave her house and couldn't go to the grocery store because she was too afraid. And then to be walking the steps of, you know, like Congress and yeah. going to advocate for mental health reform, I was like, this is everything that I went through was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like moments like those. And I and it happens all the time because now I am an advocate for the Endometriosis Foundation of America. So even when I'm lobbying Congress with them, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's just like those moments are where you're realizing like, oh, I am. My. It's kind of that like letting yourself be that. Yeah. I like, am this. I am what I've been wanting to be. Yeah. You know? And I think it's when you can look back too at all the things that you thought you'd never get through, you thought you'd never make it out of. And then you're like, wow, I, I did. I got over it and I'm thriving, you know? Yeah. Yes. What about you? Have you had those moments? Yes. Most of the time they're when I'm traveling. I know. Yeah. I love traveling. You know, it's like I'll be doing something that's just like, and everyone around me is so happy. I also think of like New Year's. I love New Year's mm -hmm. just because everyone's happy, you know, like, I love that energy. Yeah. But a specific memory, although it, this is like a recurring thing, is one time I was going through something like the hardest time in my life. And I went into my garage and I put on like 2006 greatest hits oh. and just painted for like four hours. And I was like, and I think I cried because I was like, this is my like soul. Yeah. Like, this is who I am. And so I think when I paint, I feel me. Yeah, you feel connected. Yes. And I'm just like, wow. You feel connected to the the video game player who's playing. You yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ready Player One. <laughs> oh, I love that. <sighs> All right. I think we've got one more, right? Okay, one more. So to finish off this episode, if you could tell yourself something at 13 years old, 18 years old, and 25 years old, what would you tell those versions of yourself? Isn't it crazy that like there's really not that much time between those ages? But they're so different. But they're so different. Okay, 13, I think that's where a lot of my like self-confidence issues started because just like mean people in school. And so I think I would tell myself like, listen, all of those kids like kind of peaked in middle school. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, you're going to be just fine. So I think I would reassure myself that, like, they can just shut the fuck up. 18 years old, I would tell her, like, you can slow down. 
Mm. I felt like I'm going to go to college. I'm going to meet somebody in college. I'm going to get married. I'm going to own a home. I'm going to like, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just thought that it was going to go all this. You know what I mean? Like I had control of the timeline. Yeah. And you definitely don't. (laughs) Um, So I think I would tell her like, just chill. And then 25, 25. three years ago. Yeah. I think I would tell myself I was really struggling with my anxiety at that point, especially just like physically, just like in my body, just feeling so anxious all the time that it was hard for me to enjoy things, mm. even if they were like the most wonderful things. And so I think I would tell myself to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy more. Life's not that serious. Yeah. You know, I feel like, yeah, we do like start freaking out and start like thinking about 10, 15. And you're like, let's get you tomorrow. Yeah, let's, let's get you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. What about 13-year-old Corinne? To 13-year-old Corinne, I will say, I mean, I was not popular in school at all. Amazing. And, um, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and no, but it really was. And I think I would tell her to not be afraid to be outwardly you. I think mm-hmm. I had this like inward self that was super quirky and weird and writing fan fiction on the internet. And I didn't feel like <laughs> I could. hard, I, perhaps. I, I was, but I feel like I couldn't share it with people. So when I would go to school, I would just kind of be introverted and I didn't want to share who I really was. And so I would tell her like live out loud and like who cares if someone thinks you're weird. Yeah. Again, none of those kids uh, make it very far. Yeah. Corinne. It's true. Um, I would say for 18 year old me, I would say to stay as present as possible. I absolutely loved my college experience and I wouldn't change a thing about it. But I would also say the only thing I really struggled with was trying to fit in Mm. maybe with people that I didn't want to fit in with. So again, it's the same with 13-year-old her. It's just like, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique, but also stay present. And then 25-year-old me, which was three years ago, I would say to not be afraid to go off course oh, and take a big swing. I yeah. think like you, I'm a big planner. And so it's yeah. like, I don't know. I think maybe I was a little bit more risk adverse yeah. when I was 25. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, I think also like that was sort of the time when you were doing the auditions and it was yeah. like, and I think that you know, you have that vision, like, no, I am going to, like, you mm-hmm. know, have it go this way. Yeah. And then when it, like, goes a different way, leaning into that's really hard. Yeah. So just, like, lean into, like, what is working for you. Yes. You know? Yes. So there it is. That is our How to Be the Best Version of Yourself episode. And also, I feel like we got to know each other more. Well, we know each other more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys got to know us a lot more. And we hope you learned more about us and how we define our best selves how the definition of success can change over time and maybe learn some new tools to show up as your best self, which is really all we want for you guys. Yes, yes. What we want for us, we want for all of you. We want for all of you guys. So now let's get into this uh, champagne that I realized I cannot drink. I'm going to take, I'm going to pour a little bit more. I'll take a baby sip. When I first poured, it was very um, bubbly, so I didn't actually get that much. And do you want to... Do you want to announce our 100th hottie of the week? 100th hottie of the week. I don't think this is going to happen again. It's not going to happen Unless again, maybe t- at 200. Mm-hmm. This man kicked us off. He was the first he hottie of the week. The first hottie of the week. He remains the hottie of every week in our heart. Yes. Our king. Our king. <laughs> 
Chris Jamal Evans. <laughs> it's Chris Evans, you guys. Yes. Chris Evans. He was our first hottie of the week and we had to bring him back for our 100th episode. Yes. Because guess what? A lot of these people that are hotties of the week, at some point they become problematic. This He's man has never been problematic. He's just not. He's just Ugh. simply not. So one, two, baby daddy, Chris Evans. What are we reading this one? I took another sip. Here's the thing. It's really like very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes rosé, I'm like, eh, you know, this is a sparkling rosé. Now, baby daddy Chris Evans is a 15 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this an eight. Okay. What I was going to give it a seven. All right. Seven and a half. Seven and a half out, out of, of Chris Evans. Baby Daddy Chris Evans. Okay. This is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, it's snacks, facts, and hacks, which I'm very excited so about. So excited about so the snack. We, we both got snacks to try. Yes. I feel like we might have gotten one of the same snacks, but I, I have like three different snacks in here. Here's my here's my snack. Oh my god, I was gonna get those and then I thought you're gonna get them. So I didn't. Oh my god. I'm so happy you did. Do you yes. want to say what they are? Okay, so these I've never tried them. They are the Trader Joe's Bomba puffed peanut and corn snacks with hazelnut cream filling. That sounds amazing. I okay, mean, so I'm gonna show you my snack. My snack, have you tried this? I saw that today. I have not tried it. Okay, so it's the Trader Joe's Hula Crunch. Cruncha. It's the popcorn and rice cracker mix. It's a Hawaiian-inspired snack with seasoned popcorn and crunchy rice crackers. I feel like I already know what this tastes like. I don't know what Hawaiian seasoning is, though. Do you? I feel like it has like an Asian sort of... Uh, like a soy sauce kind of situation. Mm, okay. Well, like that sort of flavor. I'm thinking of like the Maui onion. Like oh, chips. God, I love Why a Maui onion. Ooh, there we go. Okay. So we're going to give our reviews and then give our... Um, give our, our facts. Our facts and, and or hacks. Are we doing these first? Oh, yeah. So these are the... We're going to try the Bomba puffed peanut and, and corn snacks. ASMR moment. Mm. Mm. Wait, what does this remind me of? A Reese's peanut butter cup. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That is good. Okay. That is a sweet little treat. One to um, Chris Evans? I'd give it to Chris Evans. It's, I think that's a Chris Evans. I have not one. That's a slam dunk. This is a slam dunk, TJ. Okay. Mm. I don't know if mine's going to be a slam dunk. We're going to find out. All right, let's try the Hula Crunch Up. Mmm. Oh. Oh. I don't know if I'm mad at her. Oh. She's good. Did you get did you get any of the rice pieces yet? No, I'm just getting popcorn though. I cannot describe the flavor. It's undescribable. Soy, soy sauce. Coconut it does oil. kind of give more of like the Maui onion. Or like a teriyaki. No, but it's not. This is garlic, soy sauce, cayenne pepper, onion. Very oniony. Yeah, I would say sweet Maui onion is like a good. Yeah. Comp. I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad at her either. So we recommend the Hula Cruncha from Trader Joe's and the Bomba Puffed Peanut and Corn Snacks. They are amazing. Okay, so now what is your fact and or hack? 
My fact, you know what? Let me grab my phone because I have it on my phone and there is a specific number. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a fact that I found very interesting. The U.S. government has 1.4 billion, with a B, pounds of cheese in a cave. Why? We literally have a cheese reserve. Oh, that's, that, that's comforting. 1.4 billion pounds of cheese. In case we run out? In case of famine? I guess. There was some sort of, I was reading about it, and it's some sort of like Jimmy Carter. There was some sort of inflation and milk and all this shit. How so, old is the cheese? I guess since like the 70s. I don't know. It looks like parm. It looks like, so it might be really good. It might be aged, aged parm. I have no idea. You can look it up. It's fascinating. Well, I feel like the government knows things that we don't, and I feel like there's a reason they have that cheese. Maybe aliens mm, like them? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so I have a hack <gasps> that is supported by a fact. Oh my gosh, okay. And it's not like that crazy, but I feel like everyone needs a reminder of that naps exist. I That's true. have just restarted napping. Oh. And it has changed my life. You know how you get that like 3 p.m. slump? Yes. And you're like, you know, you can't. So I've been, now I've been, I work from home, so I'm very, very blessed to be able to do this. But even if you work at an office, go to your car during your lunch break, 15 to 20 minute nap. And it doesn't just sleep, it doesn't no. sleep, disturb your sleep at night? No, 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 no. And that the fact that supports this is that our bodies are actually programmed to need sleep between 1 and 3 p.m. Interesting. That's why in like Europe it takes siesta and all that stuff. It's because we're actually biologically supposed to like rest at that time. And I looked up on the um, like National Sleep Foundation's website. They say that the best nap length in most situations is one that is long enough to be refreshing, but not so long that sleep inertia occurs, which is like feeling really tired when you wake up. Yeah. So naps lasting 10 to 20 minutes are considered the ideal length. They are sometimes referred to as power naps because they provide recovery benefits without leaving the napper feeling sleepy afterwards. So I really hit right on the money. I love a 15 minute nap. Now I take them every single day, I would say. Oh my gosh. I'm going to try that. Every day. There is a point in the afternoon where I'm like forcing myself Yes, because I'm like tired. It's right between one and three. You're like, yes, yes. Right towards the, right towards three for me. I'm like, I take my nap around like 2.20 and I wake up around like 245 and you're taking care of yourself yeah and it's so wonderful Being and i the wake best up version of you and i feel way better <gasps> a million percent better you know we really as a country severely lack sleep we do so so get your 15 minutes back you guys and if you guys if you guys love this episode we have more you can listen to episode 50 which is the get to know us episode which mm-hmm. is more about me and natalie but also we have episode 78 which is how to fall in love with yourself so while you're trying to become the best version of yourself you can fall in love with yourself as well and we just want to thank you guys for listening to 100 episodes and hopefully we have a hundred more yes and we love you guys so much we appreciate you and we We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.